Man, KD and the Nets break up and then make up. Pat Bev joins LeBron James and awkwardly Russell Westbrook. Chet Holmgren <laughs> is going to miss the upcoming season and we're all sad about it. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. How about you? I'm doing great, man. John, how you living, my friend? I'm living, man. Living life. Let's get it. John, or sorry, Sammy. <laughs> how you living, my friend? Man, we are almost through the worst sports month of the year, so I'm doing well. Amen. Let's get to September. Dude, seriously. But, boys, we have some basketball news here. It looks like Kevin Durant is going to stay with the Brooklyn Nets after meeting with Steve Nash, Sean Marks, Joe Sy, and for some reason, Clara Sy, who's Joe Sy's wife. Um, but apparently, they've all agreed to move forward. Kevin Durant is going to stay. So my question to you guys is, for Kevin Durant, is this the right decision for him? He had no leverage. So maybe this was the only decision. And was there, is this finite? Or if they get an amazing offer during the season, will they just turn around and deal him anyway? So I would ask it that way. And I wonder if... if Joe Sy was playing a little 4D chess and just made the price so astronomically high that he kind of basically told KD he had no options. Like, are you gonna are you gonna sit out and sacrifice your $50 million this year? I don't think so. So I like how Joe Sy played this. He never backed away from supporting management and his coaching staff, and he didn't get bullied. I think that's a good precedent for, for him and for the organization. Kevin Durant had a 2-7 and hold him. He went all in, and Josiah called his bluff. <laughs> I mean, he held his ground, and Sammy's right. He put the price astronomically high, maybe intentionally, probably intentionally. Smart guy, businessman, billionaire. You don't you don't get there by not by being dumb. And I think he played it perfectly. He wanted Katie to stay, and he had to figure out a way to do it. And he played all his cards right, called his bluff. John saw my Las Vegas trip, unfortunately. <laughs> What, what about the tables? What about like basketball sense, JJ? Do you think this is the right move for Kevin Durant? If you were to be traded to any other team, I don't think they would be as talented as the Nets because if you were to do a trade, they would have to give up so many assets. Last week, I asked you guys, you and John, or June and John, do you like? You know, the triple of uh, John Morant, KD, and Dylan Brooks. Do you like, you know, whatever would be the trio without giving that much in within the Celtics? I think this gives them the best chance. Granted that there are holes, but there will be holes anyways. So out of all the teams that he would be traded to, this is the best situation, excluding the Warriors. <laughs> the you had the name drop there. I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I, I have a question for you guys. Do you... Because in my eyes, I think that the Nets would... It would be mista- a mistake for the Nets to trade KD. And I said this, I think, in an earlier episode. For the sole reason that they have never seen them play together with Ben Simmons. And I know Ben Simmons hasn't played in a while. But he hasn't... Ben Simmons, him, has not had scores like Kyrie and Kevin Durant next to him. He's played with Joel Embiid, who was an all-star, all-around superstar talent. 
And Tobias Harris is a great role, you know, all-star caliber-ish player. But he's never really played with guys that can put the ball in the basket with a flick of the wrist, you know, when called upon, just like that. And so I think you have to at least give them half the season. If it doesn't work out, then you you revisit the trade offers and, you know, by the deadline. Do you guys agree? I'm completely with you on this. Because on paper, on paper, they fit together perfectly. Ben Simmons does everything that Kyrie and Katie do not. So if you can get them on the court together, you have to see what they do because you might catch lightning in a bottle and you would never know that otherwise. And if you traded him for, what, 50 cents on the dollar, you're not going to end up better off anyway. And you'll always be able to make those trades by midseason if you want to, as it is, if it doesn't work. Would you say that they're title contenders? If everything falls perfectly, Kyrie's motivated and healthy, Ben Simmons is on the court, yes. But there are so many ifs that it's hard to have faith. In 2K, they are definitely title contenders, but (laughs) I have yet to, you know, we've talked about this on the clinic all the time that we're so big fans of defense that we, we appreciate that aspect of the game. And tell me a team that, ha- that hasn't been top five in the league that has won a championship. Can I ask a question back to you about that? Sure. Let's, let's play this out perfectly. Okay. They're healthy. They're motivated. Kyrie's contract year. Simmons is rehabilitated, whatever you want to call it. With his addition on defense and TJ Warren being there now, who's a decent defender, not great. Does that elevate their defense enough to make them contenders in that echelon? I mean, for me, I, I'm I'm worried about the defense of Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. I think that's the part that you're worried about the most. That's, that's two big spots. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they give you a lot on offense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I, I feel like they can make up a lot of that with just pure offensive firepower. I mean, we saw that. We saw glimpses of that um, when it was James Harden, KD, and Kyrie, where they were just running people over, just running away with it. So I'm, I'm not sure. John, what do you think? I, I agree. I, I mean, are they title contenders? That's a loaded question. But it's hard to say. But I, honestly, I would say, yeah if I was, you know, put on the spot because you have to remember in 2021, they were Kevin Durant's big toe away from making the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Right. And that was without Kyrie. Kyrie got hurt in that series, if you remember. True. He stepped on Giannis's foot. So, and then they would have played the Hawks and for sure they would have beaten the Hawks. I mean, I don't think there's a unanimous decision here that they would have beaten the Hawks and made it to the finals. And at that point, like there was a very good chance they were going to win the finals that year. Now, granted, they have a different team. They have Ben Simmons. They didn't have James Harden, but they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving guys. Like let's not just dismiss them and say that they're not elite players because they are, regardless of how we feel about them personally. And now I have my own thoughts and I don't want to get into it because uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but <laughs> You know, to me, they are a contender if they stay healthy and if a few things go right. But you can say that about any team. Things have to go right for every team in the NBA. 
not just talent-wise, for you to make the finals. That's, that, that applies to everybody, not just the Nets. Well, so, the, the Nets is a special, I'm just going to go against the grain for, you know, against all four of you, which is the Nets is a special case because this is by far the most emotional, unstable team that we've witnessed in NBA history. You have KD that demanded a trade after signing a contract. I mean, who does that? You get an engagement ring and then you want to ask to call off the wedding? That's crazy. You have you have Kyrie Irving. Okay, he's he's pretty good, but does he make everyone else better? Is he is he a great superstar or was he just that good because he had arguably the top two best players in the world next to him in LeBron James? And you have Ben Simmons, who hasn't even shown a clip of himself shooting threes, John. I know you love those clips from summer, <laughs> you shooting threes. This dude hasn't even done that this summer. Isn't that a red flag that he hasn't even rehabbed his back, supposedly? And there are reports that people are worried in the Nets organization that he could potentially not play. I think you guys are missing the, that fact. Like, it looks all yeah. good, but the Nets are the special case where we have to question everything. So, and Mike, we should. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I, we, we absolutely should. I think for me, it's in does everything actually fall into place perfectly scenario? And that's probably 10% likely. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going, I was just about to say that. I was going to say for any of this to happen, okay. Like, can we remember remember the last time there was a drama-filled team that actually won the title? Shaq and Kobe. Uh, Shaq and Kobe, exactly. That's, prob- that's, that's probably the only well, one, right? And that's they had to be so much better. I mean, right? you see, you, I mean, you saw all last, the other you teams. saw Last Dance, right, bro? Yes. We know Dennis Rodman went to Vegas and he partied. There was well, a lot I, of drama on that team. I want to say they were like weirdly cohesive at the same time. They were. You know what I mean? They and had I don't the think perfect coach for that too, though. Just sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this is true. And like for them to win a title, it has to be relatively drama-free. Yeah. So Sammy just gave a ten percent confidence vote oh. that that will happen, right? What's your uh. guys's confidence vote that? this season will be relatively drama-free in order for them to be an actual title contender. What percentage? I don't, I mean, I feel like their drama is all behind them, honestly. I think they're, Ooh, I think they're okay. actually going to move forward <laughs> without okay. a lot of the drama. Well, I'm not gonna, okay. I'm not going 100% here. Let's okay. Just, just like, <laughs> don't get crazy. Don't, don't get it twisted. I'm going to say like 50%. I'll give them a okay. half chance. Wow. That'll okay. be drama-free. And I hope okay. you're right That's about bold. that because them being good would be very entertaining. Yes. Jay, go ahead. Yeah, if you okay. hit if you hit on that and then you also hit on like the James Harden Dark Horse MVP, <laughs> it's gonna be a great year for you, yeah. man. Jay, I'm go falling ahead, in go with Vegas and making some bets, man. <laughs> I know, <laughs> seriously. Right. I'm gonna just say this. Okay, I could speak how Kyrie has took time off without telling Steve Nash. I could talk about how Ben Simmons finds excuses not to play. But what I really really speak on experiences katie and when he's happy he makes everyone miserable even a culture like the warriors i think our video producer rj and my host june would agree the last three months with the warriors was hell for the warriors organization 
dealing with KD. There was even a time that he refused to shoot the ball, and that was when he was averaging 12 assists a game. And Steve Kerr said, you know, we really need to, uh, KD needs to be more aggressive. He needs to play with more intensity. And KD shot back at Steve Kerr and said, I thought it was all about joy. I thought it was all about joy. <laughs> so you have KD that did not get what he's what he wanted yeah. going into camp and the season. I don't know. I'm going to give it less than 5%. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a great point. And that leads straight into our next topic here, where Charles Barkley, Barkley was commenting on Kevin Durant. He said, quote, miserable. He's never going to be happy. Everybody's given him everything on a silver platter. He was the man in OKC. They loved him. He owned the entire state. He bolts on them and wins back to back championships with Golden State. And he's still not happy. Then he goes to Brooklyn. They give him everything he wants, and he's still miserable. Boys, what do you guys think of uh, Charles Barkley's comments about Kevin Durant here? Accurate? Not accurate? <laughs> Go ahead, Sammy. I, guess, I, mean, I, I guess it's pretty accurate, I think. He, he's not lying. I mean, we, we haven't seen what a happy KD looks like since he told his mom that she was the MVP. Yeah. I mean, that guy's long gone. Yeah, I mean... I just think that he, it seems like he hates the media limelight, but at the same time, he can't help but engage with it so much, and that creates this persona. But I think Barkley's right. He never does seem happy. I mean, am I, I overreading his response to stuff? I disagree because happy is a subjective emotion. And clearly, Kevin Durant loves acting like have the emotions of a six year old girl tweeting up. <laughs> guys responding <laughs> to kid random kids on the internet and making trade demands that makes him happy and so people are different so i'm gonna go with i disagree yes he's happy because he's a weird dude this was this is what makes him happy my question to you guys is what will make him happy he won his chips he won his mvp he, he had his own city at okc he wanted to start his own legacy in brooklyn he got his players at Brooklyn. What would make this dude happy? I have no idea. June? <laughs> I, have, I have no idea either. Um, and I think that's what everyone's trying to figure out, right? I think that's why KD keeps getting courted by so many teams because he's so talented and they think they're the ones to fix him, right? Like all these, mm -hmm. all these teams, they're like captains. They just want to save over and over and over, right? Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> but let's get to the next thing here. Pat Bev actually had some words about this whole KD net saga. He didn't particularly enjoy it. He said, y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out here who haven't gotten a job because of this KD-ish. And to be on and off ain't cool. Blessing, gang. But he had another tweet here. It's not good business. These owners can't wait until new deals comes. All we doing is hurting the future. Good day blessing gang and then isaiah thomas also chimes in here when kd news finally drops he put finally lol can we sign now and then follows it up with another lol i mean i feel bad for these guys the, the ones that are waiting but i feel like this is kind of like how business is done right everyone is trying to stay available for kevin durant and yeah, it's gonna hurt these guys. Um, am I kind of off key or off kilter for for saying for saying that? 
no, you're definitely on, you know, on the right track. I will say this, Pat Beverly, I like you now. You're a Los Angeles <laughs> Laker. But what kind of gibberish is that? I mean, you're not speaking English over there, my friend. Like, what are you trying to say? Okay, I understand what he's trying to say. Yes, I know that he thinks that's not fair for these other players who are waiting or trying to get contracts. But these teams are holding out because they want to see what Kevin Durant does first. That's just the nature of the game, bro. As you as you yeah. indicated, as you implied, it. You know, if you're a star, if you're you're a player that can change the outlook of a team single-handedly, you're gonna get wait. They're gonna wait for you. Teams are gonna wait for you. They're gonna they're gonna wait on you hand and foot until you decide what to do. And that in turn is going to snowball and affect the other players who are in free agency. It's just a matter of fact. And Pat Bev, there's like I he it's funny to me, ironic, because Pat Bev is like that guy. He's that player on that kind of contract and that level who would be offended by this because he's the type of player that would kind of get put on the back burner because of someone like Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> it's Completely. true. And you know what? He, he he was waiting for the next opportunity to win his next play-in championship this year, <laughs> and he wanted to make sure that that trade went through so that he could raise the roof. Yeah, seven seed like he did with Minnesota last year. I mean, we might as well take it to the next topic here. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, they acquire Pat Bev for THT and also Stanley Johnson. I'm sure John is very excited about this, but I'm going to ask JJ here first. What do you think of this trade? I think it's good because with an agent LeBron and uh, AD where you don't know how many games you're going to get, you do need veteran leadership. And you need to be in uh, win-now mode. And I don't think they have the patience for THT to develop. I just find it funny that now, with all the trade talk last summer about them not wanting to trade THT, they finally do it for Pat Bev, an aging player, who is, what, 34? So contrary to what we all thought this summer, where we thought they were going to go younger, they got that much older. So, I mean, is it a move that they they should have done? I think so, but I think the management with the Lakers have been all over the place that I don't even know their roadmap to to the championship. To be frank, right. yeah, I don't I don't know what is either. Go ahead, Sam. Um, I do also feel like this move goes back to something we talked about with what the Lakers did roster construction wise last summer in the bubble. We talked about how good they were defensively and they basically tore that down, right? He actually fits what the team needs in my opinion, very well because they clearly needed another defensive stopper on some level, or at least someone to, to badger ball handlers on opposing sides. And they didn't have that guy. I definitely think he'll help with that. I wonder if he'll annoy the living hell out of LeBron and or AD at some point this season, which would also be funny. But you have <laughs> to assume that they have, they're either close to something on Westbrook, or I really do think like we have a note here about uh, that they might go the way of John Wall. I really think Westbrook has to be done in LA. They could not have made this trade and figured that those two were gonna coexist. There's no way, I would assume. But you guys tell oh, me, you, am I over you mean, on that? You mean the, that uh, clip of Patrick Beverly and Westbrook saying, 
they trick y'all, man. He just run around doing nothing. That you don't think that's a good uh, uh, among that, a few. That's yeah. a that's a good start of a of a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, me neither. Hot. Me neither. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's the right move. And JJ mentioned that he's an aging player, which he is. But I think it's more about his persona and his ability, his desire to play hard all the time. It's a, kind of like a culture. I think he can change the perception and the mentality and the culture of the team, which is defensive minded. If you remember in 2020, Rondo kind of did that for the Lakers. He was mm-hmm. kind of, he's an aging player, but he was that veteran leadership who's able to bring the team together, make them focus on the goal, not get distracted and not worry about petty little things and just be coll- and collaborate as a team. So I think that in itself is, is a lot of value. My, my pet peeve about this trade is that they traded THT who they decided to keep instead of Caruso. And that for me is like so upsetting because they should have kept Caruso in hindsight, clearly. He was such a defensive minded player. He was such a key piece and X factor. And man, I miss that guy. Caruso, the goat, the, the, <laughs> the white mamba. Man. All right, but I digress. Do, do you feel like Pat Bev's comments about how he would keep LeBron in check and that he needs someone on his team to hold him accountable defensively, all that stuff helped him get to the Lakers? Or do you think that's going to also be like a strained relationship? No, I don't think that's going to affect. I mean, like, if anything, LeBron's very, seems like he's very uh, chill, I think, about you know, past comments or things that people say that, that end up on his team. And I'll make a reference, uh, if you guys don't remember this, but Kyle Kuzma, when he was, he was obviously LeBron signed with the Lakers. Kyle Kuzma had a tweet, and I won't say it verbatim, but I, it had a reference to, uh, shoot, what's his name on the Cavs? He's now like on this, he went to rehab. You guys know what I'm talking about? He was teammates with LeBron. Delonte West? West? Delonte West. Kanye, or Kyle oh. Kuzma made a comment about Delonte West, a tweet, like seven or eight years ago. And LeBron signed with the Lakers, and then people were making a fuss about it. And LeBron, you know, he brushed it off. He didn't really care. And so I don't think it's going to affect, you know, fast forward to today, I don't think it's going to affect anything that Pat Beverly said about LeBron. June, do you think this is the end of uh, Russell Westbrook in L.A.? As a Laker? I think so. That's I definitely it. think so. Yeah. I um, Can I add on to that then? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Finish your point. I want to ask a question after that. I didn't really have much of a point. It's just a feeling that I have. I know that there's reports that like, you know, it, it's probably going to happen. And I think everyone is kind of reading the, the tea leaves correctly. I mean, if they had confidence, any confidence that Russell Westbrook might be the dude to take them um, like to a Western Conference championship, at least. They wouldn't make a move like this. That's just my general feeling. What, what do you think, Sammy? I was going to ask a question off of that. So yeah. if he's done in L.A., does he play this season? Like, period. If he's done in L.A., like, does he play for the Lakers? Is that what you're no. asking? No, no, no. Like, I'm going does beyond he play that. at all? Like John oh. Wall. Is any team going to trade for him to play him or if he gets traded is it going to be like i guarantee you if utah trades for him for example is like just for the contract and to gain assets they're not going to want him playing with their kids they're going to send him home they're going to john wall him so along those lines is there a team that would trade for him and actually have him play 
or yeah. is he not going to appear this year in the NBA? I think it's going to depend. And this is what it depends on. If this team, I'm assuming, wants to tank, right? If their team looks pretty frisky without Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. I think they insert him in to maybe <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause them to lose. Or wow. maybe the reverse. If they're already bad, they keep him out. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. What do you guys anyway, think? I know that sounds really weird. No, but I get you. I, I honestly do feel that way. So okay. I mean, he's strictly an expiring contract over forty-five million dollars. So yeah. you trade for him with the hopes that you're going to be able to clear cap space to sign a big name in 2023. That to me, that's really the only value I see in. But the team that him. trades for him, are they gonna? Are they going to actually? Are they going to play him, him? And play or is he going to get deactivated and? Uh, I would. I mean, I don't see the harm in playing him because. If you're a team that's already rebuilding and you have no chance at a championship or even sniffing in the playoffs, he's entertaining in the in the sense that you could he, he'll sell tickets, right? Okay. He's still a name that's able to sell tickets. So I feel like you should just play him for that fact alone, profit-wise. Okay. JJ? You're asking if the team will play him. The I'm just asking, team. is he going to appear this season period like call your shot is he going we're to play? all we're all repeating the question because oh, yeah, we're all no, thinking no. about it really hard okay <laughs> i'm gonna say this i'll say this 100 percent. i 100 yes he'll play with a different okay. team if he gets rated okay, okay. jj sorry, no doubt ahead. in my mind go ahead. i'm just gonna go against the grin again he's gonna start for the los angeles lakers and try to get them to the play in and then john's gonna rub in our face and then They'll lose. They'll lose in the play-in because of Russell Westbrook. JJ, I sincerely, sincerely hope that you're right because I really want to see Westbrook and Pat Beth play together this year. I want to see that too. He's going to be crying for different reasons. Anyway, we are going to take a short break with a word from our sponsor. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, on to our next topic. The number two pick in last year's draft, Chet Holmgren of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He suffered a season-ending foot injury in Jamal Crawford's Pro-AM event in Seattle. So what happened, guys, is LeBron James drove to the basket, a freight train, and Chet Holmgren, who is like Gumby, (laughs) and that's putting it very lightly, was trying to I don't know what he was trying to do he was trying to like <laughs> impede his progress block his shot I don't I mean it's LeBron James we're talking about here okay so any, anyways he jumps up and tries to defend and block his shot he fails he he lands on his feet and he starts grabbing it he starts limping and you you know you're hoping you're thinking that maybe it's just a sprain maybe it's something minor he ends up getting an MRI and he has Lynn's Frank the Lynn's Frank injury which is a season ending foot injury 
man i i gotta say guys like that as much it's just like tough to see something like that especially with a, a prospect coming in at number two so i wanted to ask you guys this with all of these pro am events lebron's been playing them you have like a bunch of players stars chris paul i think uh Trey Young, they're playing on these summer leagues, these pro AM events. Should the NBA league management and offices and Adam Silver, should they be concerned about these players doing this in the summer and the offseason? And if they if, if so, should they do anything about it? Or can they do anything about it? What do you guys think? I honestly think that like it's relatively good for the NBA when they do participate in these events and they do compete because it, it keeps the NBA in these media streams. You know what I mean? Like in, in Bleacher Report, in ESPN, like these highlights are there and people right. are talking about it. So if we're talking about like PR wise, it's still good, but injury wise, I mean, this is definitely concerning. I mean, this guy was the number two pick and we saw him, we had, you know, shout out to DraftKings and also shout out to TBPN. We were allowed to go to um, Summer League and actually watch Chet Holmgren. And the man was like, he wowed me when I saw him live. His big, his athletic relatively, but his body just doesn't hold up, man. So I think like, or I don't know, I I'm kind of split on this because I think Chet Holmgren's is kind of different because I don't think his body is meant to take like LeBron, like a driving LeBron James just yet. You know no. what I mean? But not many people been... are, and definitely not Le not Chet Holmgren for sure. Yeah, I mean, if it was someone else, if it was like um, like Paulo Banchero, I think we, <laughs> we'd be we'd be less concerned, right? More physically stout. But this was like driving on Chet, and like you said, he's got a body like Gumby. What do you guys think? I I'm generally along those lines with you. Um... I wonder, I don't think the league can do anything about it because the only thing they could do is try to write in clauses into the players' contracts and there's no way the Players Association would go for that. But I wonder if I would discourage really young players, rookies, second-year players from playing in those events only because they don't have NBA bodies yet in a lot of cases. They're not trained for the grind as much and you might want to protect True. them a little more. And obviously hindsight's 2020 in this case because it happens to be a number two pick that got hurt and Paolo did play in an event and other than getting punked by DeJounte Murray, nothing happened to him. Um, so that being said, this might be a one-off, but I would be more inclined to protect younger players. But I think veterans, the guys who've been playing like, like LeBron and like Trey, they're more used to the grind and I think they know how to protect themselves just a little bit better. So it's kind of a little bit of a 50-50 for me. During the summer and off-season, the role of an NBA player is one, to keep up with their conditioning, but two, more than anything, is to add to their repertoire, add to their skill sets. And the best way to practice those skill sets is one, summer league, which veterans don't really play in. So what's the next best thing? It's these pickup games. Unfortunately, with the pickup games, they don't really, I'll say, scout and filter every single person that comes through so there is a danger of playing with people who may not necessarily know the etiquette or don't know how to play that kind of brand of basketball and just to put it down on a level that we could all understand as listeners and viewers of this pod 
There's a reason why some people don't like to play at the local Y or 24 hour fitness because you have dudes that don't know how to play the game, quote unquote, the right way, and you don't want to get injured. I think you four or you three would agree with me on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. injuries, you can't really avoid injuries. And this is just like what you were saying, Sammy. Maybe this is an isolated incident. So, I mean, it sucks, but I would hope that NBA players are really cautious who they play with. That's my only caveat. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I agree with you guys. There's nothing like in my mind that they can really do about this, the NBA, when I say that. Because, like, a clause in their contract to not play basketball on their off time is just ridiculous. When they play basketball professionally, it just. I mean, come on, guys. It, you know, it's a freak accident. Chet Holmgren probably should have known better. Maybe he'll learn from this experience. But June Rose, right? Like, he's not NBA body ready, and you know, I think he suffered because of it. So hopefully, he gets stronger from this. But I'm gonna move us on to our next topic: Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero. And for some of you who don't remember him, he's the guy that pulled a gun out on teammates. <laughs> ever so long ago that Gilbert Arenas he's in the news again and this time he's starting a, a feud with Giannis Antetokounmpo so talking with the Lakers assistant head coach Phil Handy on his no on his no chill podcast that's what it's called he criticized Giannis claiming that he doesn't understand the game just yet Giannis Antetokounmpo the NBA champion he's the media says and this is the quote from Gilbert the media says he's the best player in the league. Not even close. Just stop it. I can look at his game and say he doesn't understand basketball yet. He plays a sport. He won a championship. Cool. But he doesn't know, understand how to be better, how to train his body. To be at the top, you have to train your body at least, at least, guys, 38 minutes and above. I don't know where he got that number from. It's random. LeBron <laughs> played 37 minutes at 37, and Alice, Allen Iverson was playing 43 minutes, he added. My question for you guys is, what do you think about this rant from Gilbert Arenas? And is he right? Or is he just completely lost his mind? He lost his mind a long damn time ago. I'm just, when he pulled out the gun in the locker room and ended his career. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, come on, man. I mean... My analysis is that this is ridiculous and that Gilbert Arenas is absolutely ridiculous. And considering <laughs> that I think he got no further than the second round. Yeah. Um, just, I'm, I'm a little, on, like, yeah, I'm a little speechless from this quote too. So I'm actually going to have J JJ, you guys, you got to analyze this you, a little bit for you, me. Yeah. Then. You got to carry this okay. one for us. I think, <laughs> I think I have a pretty good take guys and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of, players and NBA fans when they analyze the game they have a specific lens on how they assess players for example we always hear the comparison and uh, no disrespect Sammy but they'll always say like well Jamal Crawford is a lot better than Draymond Green Jamal Crawford would beat Draymond Green one-on-one -on -one, which is not necessarily a false statement but people are are using the skill sets of what Jamal Crawford has which would be great for one-on-one, -on -one. but basketball isn't one-on-one, -on -one, right? So 
So the way I think Gilbert Arenas is viewing Giannis is the following that Gilbert Arenas analyzes the game with how he succeeded during that era, which is shooting. It's being efficient. It's one-on-one, which is how they played isolated one-on-one. However, if you look how Giannis plays, yes, maybe you could, I don't know, even though I disagree with this, you might quote that he hasn't gotten better with his jump shot, even though statistics will argue otherwise. But the way that Giannis uses his physical ability to take over a game, that's part of your skill set. We just talked about the rookie that got injured on our last topic, how his body isn't NBA ready. That's part of the skill, getting your body conditioned. And Giannis is into a super elite level that nobody has even came close. Maybe Shaq, somewhat LeBron, but no one on the Giannis level with that athletic ability. So Gilbert Arenas probably has a lens of, well, this is how I assess a player and it doesn't match up. He's wrong. Let me get that straight, yeah. but you know. His his lens is completely wrong. Like literally, they were building a wall to stop Giannis from the rim, okay? And he didn't get in there like bully ball, like just elbowing, bodying people. He also has good footwork and is able to slither through defenders. So there's like skills, athletic skills there that he had mm-hmm. to work on. And if you watch early on Giannis, like it does not look like Giannis now at all. And it's not that he's just stronger. He's definitely more gifted, more skilled. Also, his point, like he lost me at, at he plays the sport, he won a championship, cool. Like you already lost your argument. Yeah. <laughs> like you defended for Giannis here. Like MVP 2019, MVP 2020, and then championship in 2021. Like this guy didn't and get better. And defensive player of the year, Jim. And defensive player of the year. I mean, come on, Gilbert. Come on, Agent Zero. This is ridiculous. Does, yeah, you guys are headed on the head, the nail on the head. I mean, yeah. and also, I guess my, my last point before we move on to the next topic is that he doesn't, like, he's comparing Giannis and I guess, you know, when you're a superstar like Giannis, it, you, naturally you're gonna do this, but he's comparing it to Jordan guys like Jordan and Kobe and LeBron and I'm I'm like let's be real here you're not gonna win a lot of comparisons when you compare those guys you can add probably Steph Curry to that list now and it's just like you're you know you're setting yourself up for failure because at the end of the day and I know Giannis is young so it's it's hard to say this at this point but you know there's a good chance that we're not gonna put Giannis in the same category as guys like Kobe and LeBron and Jordan. I mean, I could be wrong. It's hard. it's still early to tell, but if I was a betting man, I would probably say no. no anyway, I, I think I'm with sorry, you. Sorry, go ahead. Right. What's up? I'm I'm just saying I, I think I'm with you on that. Right. I think that's that's an unfair comparison. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Anyway, we're just hoping for more Giannis news and I'm sure we're going to get more more uh more of him on his no chill podcast. I got to take a listen on that, by the way. This is not a uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not advertising. I'm just saying that sounds like a fun podcast. I'd say. All right, moving on to our last <laughs> topics here, the dub or dud. So this happened a, a few weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. This happened recently. There's something else that happened a few weeks ago. So Luca was seen smoking cigarettes, drinking Coke, 
and playing cards before his last game against Germany for uh, his national team. And I'm curious about this because there's been a lot of news about Luca not being healthy. He was obviously <laughs> overweight last year. And so I wanted to know what you guys think, if this is a dub or a dud. I'm going to start with Roe. I mean, man, I know it's the off season. So <laughs> you got to enjoy yourself sometimes, right? You got to relax sometimes, whatever that means to you. But when it comes down like to the season, you really got to like hunker down and maybe not do any of this stuff. But I'm, I'm going to give him a, a dub here. I'm going dub. JJ? Work hard, play hard. If you have your priorities straight, then you could do whatever you want if you're not hurting anybody. Let me let me just provide that disclaimer. So work hard, party hard. Dude, it's the off season, like what June was saying. He could do this. But when he when he's playing in the playoffs, he has to be in his A game. On and off the court. As and long Sammy? as it was a Coke Zero. Um, <laughs> I would just say Cooking so him. honestly it sounds like he watched the Dream Team documentary if he was playing cards and smoking before the games but nice. I'll, I'm okay with it I'll give him a dub only because we've seen shots of him playing this offseason and he does look like he's gotten in a lot better shape so it does sound like this was just a one off if this was a continual report and he looked like he was in the same shape he's been the last few years where he was wearing down a little bit I'd have more concerns but it seems like he's taking conditioning more seriously despite this particular occasion so I'll give him a double <laughs> yeah I agree with you guys I, I mean I think it's like Luca's such on the spotlight but I feel like it's a dub I mean come on this guy is just trying to have fun and smoke a cigar and and eat unhealthy every once in a while i mean guys it's not like were we expecting to be on this super strict atkins diet or, or whole 30 come on <laughs> let him enjoy his life so I'm, I'm with you guys i'm gonna give him a dub moving on to our next dub and dud dennis schroeder former laker is now linked in rumors to be potentially resigning with the lakers and if you guys recall last year he rejected a four-year 84 million dollar contract extension and then ended up not being any market for him and he signed for the Celtics for one year and I think six or seven million dollars. Yeah, mid-level. And I'm going to question the validity or the veracity of this article just because the Lakers now sound Pat Bev. For, for the sake of the, uh, this game and to entertain everybody, do you guys think this is a dub or dud assuming that this rumor has validity to it? I'm going to start with Sammy. From the Lakers' perspective, this is a massive dub if they actually do want to bring him in because they're bringing him in at a approximately $82.5 million discount. <laughs> so it doesn't get much better. But, man, if I can't think of a player in a long time outside of Isaiah Thomas for injury reasons that made bigger mistakes contractually than Schroeder did the last couple of years. I mean, for him, it's got to be... It's a dud from an overall sense, but if he can get back on a team and in the spotlight, I'll give him credit for that at least. But that's the best I can do. Bro? I am definitely going with a dud. I mean, 
returning back to the team, you can't get the same deal on a different team. Like, why? Like, why go back there, man? You know what I mean? Like, have a little bit more, I guess, dignity. I don't know. That just seems so insulting. Dude. Like, you can't ask Damn. for a raise. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's like quitting your job. Okay. Yes. That's like quitting your job, coming back, and then hoping that you're gonna get like a, a decent raise after that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna happen. So I, I don't know. I'm going to. JJ. To keep it entertaining, I'll say it's a dub because this dude was out of the door, meaning he wasn't going to play in the NBA again. He's still fulfilling his life dream of playing in arguably the best league in the world for arguably one of the best known franchises ever. It's just his ego. But if you could forgo your ego and do what you love, I'm going to give it a dub. I'm gonna give it a dub too, because if it gets West, if it gets Westbrook off the team, it's a major dub for oh, me. There you go, man. Can he make can he make the same money on the Shanghai the Shanghai Sharks? Can he do that? Yeah, man. No, definitely not. All right, and to close out our dub and dud, guys, I'm gonna go with this one. So this happened a, a few weeks ago at Draymond Green's wedding. At his wedding, he had a blunt bar. Now, if you guys don't know what that is for the G-rated viewers and for people that are innocent, whoever's remaining last, he's reception. He had a blunt rolling station, marijuana. Hand-rolled marijuana cigars were constructed, distributed, and enjoyed by those who wished to light up in honor of the new marriage. As shown in the video, there were three distinct strains of cannabis available to fill. They were called Happily Ever, 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 Happily Ever After, Gelato X Kush Mints, Hazel Haze, Biscotti X Skittles, Skittles with a Z, and All Day Day OG. And he said all of the strains he chose were to play clear homage, homage to the bride, groom, and their holy matrimony. So I wanted to see what you guys thought about this. I mean, we, it is in California, so it's totally legal, all totally you know, above the bar. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts. Do you think this is a dub or a dud? I'm going to start with JJ. This is a dub if I were to see a dub. (laughs) Okay, and I'll just say this. He got strains titled, like, influenced by his wife and him. You got Hazel Hayes. You have Happily Ever After and All Day Day. That's super cool, man, to have a strain named after you. So, total dub. And, last name Green, hop in instead. <laughs> and, uh, bro? Man. Let me just say that... Did you guys look at the size of these bloods? Yeah, they are ginormous. Like, Normous. you have to call that all day day like if you're smoking that it's definitely an all day day kind of day you know what i mean and it's an absolute dub it's your wedding you celebrate however you want to celebrate and it's completely legal so i'm for it and sammy i mean i'd have been particularly happily ever after you put a food truck next to that dub rolling station i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> but 
but like you guys are saying, man, it's his wedding. It's legal. Like it, that's a super cool concept to do something different. Everyone always tries to be unique with their weddings, right? And tries to do something a little different. I want to see someone top that one. That is, that's very cool, man. I got to give that a huge dub. And congratulations to the newly married couple. There yes, sir. Congratulations to the newly couple. And this is 100% a dub. Dre knows the laws. He knows their state laws. I mean, there's some people out there that don't know laws very well. So, hey, shout out to Dre for knowing that. He's not like in the middle of the country. So good for him. <laughs> and congratulations, my man. <laughs> Definitely. And that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. Greatly appreciate you. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. Have a great night. Sammy, thanks for being on. Thank you. And for our listeners who've enjoyed the NFL content, we're coming back with our final NFL preview podcast on Thursday night. Hope you guys join us for that as well. And shout out to our video producer, RJ, who's putting us on YouTube or Twitch. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All MBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Clinic All MBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey.